Hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Wolf Den Live, episode 227, still running on several Unreal engines behind the competition. <laughs> Hello. Because um, we don't need oh, to upgrade. We, we still look fine in Unreal 2. <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. Hello, Omalon, Sean. Hello, Noctive Agent Music. Hello, Eric Henley. Hello, everybody. But special hello to King Stony 3, Stephen Paul Morin, and Ben Tendo for all being members here on YouTube. Hello, anyone and everyone who is anyone and everyone who is here, and special thank you to all the members, new and past. Yes. Uh, so there's not a there's not a lot of news, but because of that, there's a lot to talk about. There's this all happens the... every time that there's yeah. not a lot of news. It's like oh, I'm just fixing my uh, do whatever you gotta do, man. I'm know? just fixing my webcam cover. Uh. It's not that there's not a lot of news. It's it's a lot of, like, kind of uninteresting news. <laughs> <laughs> there's you know, no main. There's no good main story. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot of, of like, little things. A lot of little things, and there's a lot of like technical stuff that most people either don't understand or just straight up don't care about. Yeah. So 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 here's the thing. Um, there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X stuff, but it's not a lot of like big main announcements. Yeah. It's not a lot of things consumers really are going to grab onto, but it's something that people should care about because it's all, it's really more stuff that's going to get devs excited. Yeah. And and that's important to everybody, but it's not easy information to distill to the general public. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um also, YouTube rolled out a new thing where uh if you put in the description timestamps, uh-huh. it'll put the timestamps in the t- in the little red bar so uh-huh. you can click through. So I was going to make timestamps for all the stories today. But I already screwed up. I already didn't have a stopwatch going, so I'll uh, I'll have to do that after. The the, the biggest problem with, for putting timestamps is that I cut the intro, and then that messes up the timestamps. Yeah. So I can't do that when I when the video goes archived instantly. I have to do it like the next day. Anyway, uh, we might as well just get right into the, the top story here. Yeah. Which is what's happened today. Yes, it happened today. Uh, Epic Games announces Unreal Engine 5 with a stunning PlayStation 5 demo. It was so stunning. Yeah. Uh, Here it is. Wow. Uh, So the the first thing I saw of this was the end, was the end part, which I will play here because I want you to experience this the way I experienced it. And I saw Jeff Keighley and a bunch of people were like, I can't believe this is a playable demo. That's so crazy. And you'll see the playable demo part. Here she goes. She jumps off the edge. I mean, this is beautiful. It's absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, no, for the record, like, this is a very good-looking engine. It's a very good-looking build they have here. This is, yeah, this is insane, yeah. for, especially for a console. Yeah. But if this is playable, all they're doing is holding forward. Like, there's no way this is for this part. There's no way this is playable. Absolutely uh, no way. Yeah, I'm sure playable is in the biggest air quotes possible. Yeah, it's linear as all hell. But I will say other parts, it's 
she's clearly moving around. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, Jeff Keeley says that it's a uh, it's real time. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's playable. No, no, no. He, I watched part of an interview with the Epic people, and he's uh-huh. said playable, and the Epic okay. people said yes, it's playable. Every time you play it, it's a little different. Because this tweet he has, it says this is PlayStation Five in real time. Um, that doesn't mean that they're playing it. That means that the engine is creating the world as we speak. It it could all be you know pre-recorded and whatnot, but it's it's not like you know they use separate software created in MOV or whatever. So so, so this is the this is the tweet that I saw. Uh, you won't be able to hear it, but it says Epic Games Kim Liberty confirms that the new Unreal Engine 5 demo is actually live game code you can play on PlayStation 5 development system. Okay. I'll, I'll yeah, there's been a lot of talk over as we're going to see. I think this demo, at least to me, all like you can actually play that with a controller like that's not kind of frame dumped or anything that's actually playable. It's a it's a fully playable demo, and wow. uh, we plugged in a recorder into the back of a PlayStation Five dev kit and recorded the signal that came out over HDMI. So it's a totally live demo. Uh, Kim, so Kim Library says uh, it's a fully playable. Did he say fully playable? And wow. uh, we plugged in. That's not kind of frame dumped or anything. That's actually playable. It says live game. It's a, it's a fully playable demo. No, he says fully playable demo is the word that he used. Okay. And he he says they plugged uh uh capture card into the back of a ps5 dev kit and played the game well it could be it could actually be a playable demo but for developers to show them how the engine works how they can use it what they can do in it uh maybe even let them reverse engineer it to do things in their game this doesn't sound like something that we'll get a chance to play right i don't think we're ever gonna yeah actually touch this again it looks linear as all hell right uh but it looks like you could like move around a decent amount in the earlier parts of the demo. So yeah. like my initial thought was this ain't playable, but now looking at like these parts, like all right, you know, it looks like the, you know, the 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 big like uh set piece parts of like God of War, you know, where it's like yeah. or, or like Tomb Raider where it's like scripted. It's like clearly scripted, but you can like kind of move around. Yeah. Yeah. So like this is this is cool stuff. Yeah. The, 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 this demo is nine minutes long. Um, mm-hmm. They talk a lot about triangles. There's so many triangles. <laughs> did you see? Did, I know you watched well, like the shorter version. Well, yeah, but I I understand. I saw a little bit of the long version, and I did see the triangle part, and that I kind of understand because I I even me an idiot knows that polygons, which make up video games, are made up of triangles. The more yes. triangles you could fit on the screen, the better it looks. So I've always heard polygons. I've never right. heard triangles before. Well, polygons are just, you know, made out of triangles. <laughs> yeah, well, no, those are two different things. Those are two different things. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not because polygons are made out of, you know, triangles, you know, just mashed together. The The next step up is voxels, which is four-sided. So, so, so pol- runs polygon, so triangles are one side of a polygon. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're that's what we're getting at. Yeah. And the and the more polygons you have, therefore the more triangles you have, therefore the better your picture looks. So how come they always they haven't always referred to them as triangles? How come they've always referred to them as polygons? I in the think past? I think it has more to do with the fact because it's you know a polygon is trying to create like a three dimensional shape, mm-hmm. and a triangle 
really just refers to a two-dimensional shape. A triangle is literally just three sides, whereas a polygon is the like the whole 360 degrees around right but you know character. like in the past when we're talking about you know like uh like the xbox 360 and right like the n64 and everything they're, they're counting the polygons yeah they're, they're well, always talking about this is how many polygons you can have on screen i've never well, heard them say this is how many triangles i can have on screen because you know po- i think it's one of two things either one polygon sounds cooler than triangle <laughs> two it does you know they're they're sticking to you know the the difference between you know really distinguishing between a triangle which is a flat shape and a polygon which is a three dimensional shape. Do you, do you understand what I'm getting at here? I understand. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, Geo Thermile in the chat who says I thought a polygon was a shape with closed sides and almost any shape. Now I got to Google the literal definition of polygon. <laughs> I mean, in computer graphics, a polygon is usually three sides. Well, right. on, on one surface, it has three sides, right? Yeah. That's as far as I know. And it's made up of a bunch of triangles. The first thing that comes up when I Google polygon is the website polygon. Yeah. A plain Thanks, figure a with at least three straight sides. So it could be more than three straight sides. Okay. Um, but I'm pretty sure in computer graphics, it's this freaking usually, it's usually made up of triangles. Yeah. Which is why they're ta- they're making such a big deal about triangles. Um, all right, let's read this article from The Verge, not Polygon. Uh, Epic Games today announced the next iteration of its, uh, game engine, the Unreal 3 engine with a stunning Un- graphic. Unreal 5. Unreal 5. I'm stupid. How long has it been since Unreal, uh, 3? I think that was the 360 era. I'm just going to play the demo on the other screen while I attempt to read this. <laughs> what is that? Oh, The Verge is playing a freaking ad. Shut the hell nice. up. Nice. Uh, Unreal Engine 5. We're currently at 4. Uh, with a stunning demo running on the PlayStation 5. This is the most PlayStation 5 news we've heard since the controller got announced. Yeah. Epic says the demo shows off what next generation game consoles will truly be capable of uh, once developers have full access to creative tools like Unreal Engine 5 and the capability uh, to squeeze the maximum out of the new hardware and software baked into the Sony's PlayStation 5 and Microsoft's Xbox Series X. So they're specifically focusing on PlayStation 5, but of course it'll also run on Series X. Yeah. Uh, and they're probably cool. focusing on PlayStation because they probably have some deal in place with them. That's usually why they do that. Yeah, usually these people uh, lean one way or the other. Was Unreal, was Epic uh, in bed with Microsoft this time or no? I don't think this so. Generation? I don't think so. I know uh, like Unreal 4 runs on everything. I think it might even run on Switch. Well, yeah, this runs on everything. Yeah. But they're, you know, showcasing it on PlayStation 5. Quote, the graphics speak for themselves and Epic has always pushed the bleeding edge of what's possible, CEO Tim Sweeney tells The Verge. Quote, our goal isn't just to bring more features to developers. The hardest problem in game development right now is building high quality games uh, takes enormous time and cost. So we want to make developers lives easier and more productive. To show off Unreal Engine 5's capabilities, Epic put together a demo running on a developer's version of PlayStation 5 hardware and captured the output. 
The results showcase incredible visual quality combined with the detail and photorealistic lighting Epic promises its new tools will deliver. According to Kim Lebrary, Epic's chief technology officer, the next-gen consoles are going to give consumers a quantum leap, and Unreal Engine 5 is another leap on top of that. Uh... Libriary says he's fairly confident developers can achieve visuals like that within a full studio title and not just hyper-optimized tech demos using next-gen console and Unreal Engine 5, but he and Sweeney explained that it may take some time for the full scope of the hardware and software to be realized and for developers to become fluent in the tools. Uh, that's about all I think we need to read of that. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it looks... Obviously, it looks beautiful. Uh, but these yeah. tech demos always look great. Yeah. You know? um, just because this is running on a PS5 doesn't mean any PS5 game running Unreal will look like this. Yeah. Chances are there, there will be a visual downgrade. Probably not significant. Um, but it's there's going to be a visual downgrade when actual games start running on this engine. Well, look at what PlayStation 4 and Xbox One games looked like when it launched. Yeah. And look at what they look like now. They look pretty crazy now. Like, look at yeah. The Last of Us. It looks yeah, insane. Yeah. Uh, especially no. compared to, like, you know, the first Watch Dogs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the first no, Watch not... Dogs, we were like, that's going to be a next-gen title. That's how good that looked. And I'm now saying... you look at it, it doesn't look that good. I'm not saying that it'll never look this good. I'm just saying when the games start to come out, they're not going to look this good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, they might. Yeah. But... but it is... It is interesting that it is running on console because usually when they show off engines like this, they're always demo it on the highest possible specs PC right. so they can get the most out of it. The fact they're doing it on a locked system, show, I guess, shows not only how confident Epic is in the next generation of consoles, but also how confident Sony is in the hardware that they're making. That's a very good point. Usually these tech yeah. demos, they, they blow out graphics cards. Yeah. Um, I did see an article while I was looking for stuff to talk about that was on the next, like, you know, NVIDIA GTX card. And the article title was, This graphics card blows PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X out of the water. And it's like, Yeah, of course it's gonna. It's gonna yeah. be a freaking $1,500 graphics card. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, usually these tech demos are, are, are on PC. So it is interesting to see. But. That just means they're getting these uh, these engines to be more scalable so that they yeah. can fart games out onto a plethora of different consoles or devices that have varying different uh, power. Yeah. Because you know, Epic, their biggest game is Fortnite, one of the biggest yeah. games in the whole freaking world. That is on literally everything. Yes. And they know the value of getting games onto literally everything. So Unreal Engine 5 might be able to get you to put, you know, stuff on your phone and stuff. Might, might be able to get you to put games from your phone all the way up to the highest end PCs. Mm -hmm. They specifically talked about in their little nine minute demo um, how one of the assets, this like really nice uh, high detailed uh, statue. Mm -hmm. uh, they said this was made in ZBrush and then just imported straight into this. Now, I don't know much about game development, but I have yeah. a feeling that you used to not be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you used to have to like, like they would make really high 
like detailed like assets and then when they put it into the engine they'd have to you know uh kind of like get rid of a lot of the polygons or triangles if you will uh and they said this has like a billion in it or something yeah i forgot how many triangles they said were in this but then so there's one statue that was imported straight from zbrush the highest texture count whatever um and then she walks into a room and it has a hundred of the same statue. Yeah. Or, yeah, I think he said a hundred. But you can kind of, I, I could have sworn I saw the frame dip when she walked into this, into this room, though. <laughs> I can't really tell. Yeah. But anyway, that's impressive. Uh, uh, another, another thing they said, which I thought was kind of impressive, was they added a lot of um, character animation stuff into the engine itself. Like the way she, the way this particular character, the way she walked, the way she climbed the hills, um, and they made a big point about referencing the fact that uh, she just naturally put her hand on the door as she walked out, and then mm-hmm. one part, and I feel like that's kind of bec- like that's kind of become shorthand for how good your engine is. <laughs> putting your no, I'm serious. I remember that being a big deal with Uncharted Three. Yes. When he's walking that, through the cave and he gets too close to a wall and he puts his hand on the wall. This that was one of the, demo looks that, a little That uncharted. was one of the reasons why Visceral Games' Star Wars game was canceled because they spent so much time trying to code the character to put his hand on the door because it was in Frostbite and Frostbite sucks. Right. You know, they couldn't really do anything else. They just, that one shot that we saw of that game, they, they spent months trying to figure out how to put his hand on the door. <laughs> But it, I mean, that does really help with immersion. Like when I saw yeah, that in no, Uncharted, I was like, this so is amazing. It's a weird little thing, but. Yeah, it's a weird, but, but yeah. like, you know, when you're playing, when you're controlling a character and they're just walking into a wall, it really takes you out of the experience. But when they put their, yeah. when they walk up to a wall and put their hand on it, like, I don't want to touch this. Yeah, no, no, you're right. But it's, it's just, it's weird to think that that's become a signifier, but at the same right. time, it makes all the sense in the world. Yes. But it is, you know, it, regardless, it is cool that they're also adding a lot more character animation features to unreal this kind of like would help alleviate you know possibly having to mocap every single thing you do yeah having more tools in in the engine itself that you it just makes it all of this just makes development easier for the developers and 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 we we know that development's getting more and more expensive and there's all these triple a studios have all of the money and and the access to all of these tools yeah and epic is trying to get it out for the rest of us yeah or the indie devs and stuff i i know uh unreal is uh i mean they're helping uh unity is i think the biggest help to indie devs um yeah they have their whole asset store where you could just buy assets you can make a whole game with just assets you buy from the from the asset store and people do and people do and you can tell yeah (laughs) um Anyway, here's a tweet on the same note from Andreas or Andy Dev, who says a lot of polygons are definitely nice, but there is also this for Unreal Engine. Interesting for a lot of Unreal Engine 4 indie devs uh, and 5. Unreal Engine royalty. Remember, this happened with Unreal Engine 4. I have a f- mm-hmm. I'm, I imagine this gets rolled out to 5. Yeah. Uh, Unreal Engine royalties waived on the first $1 million of in-game revenue. Starting today, you can download and use Unreal Engine to build games for free. So I guess, I mean, this sounds, they just say Unreal Engine. 
Yeah. Uh, as you always have, except now royalties are waived on your first $1 million in gross revenue. The new Unreal Engine license terms, which are retroactive to January 1st, 2020, give developers an unprecedented advantage over other engine license models. For more information, visit the FAQ. So if you want to get started in, I'm pretty sure Unity, Unity is also free. Yeah, Unity has something similar in place. I don't know what the specifics are, but that's the reason why a lot of indie devs use Unity because it's readily available. I don't know what's, I mean, I'd imagine Unity's easier, but I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're wanting to get into game development or you have an idea for a game or something, or if you are yeah. a game developer and you have an idea for a game, now you can, I mean, they're waving the royalties on the first one million when you get to a million dollars in gross revenue on your indie game, this is going to be the least of your problems, you know? Yeah. Them coming for royalties, it's really not going to be that big of a deal. you got a million dollars in your pocket. <laughs> so, all of these tools that we're seeing will potentially be available for free for everybody. Oh. So, Unity has a free and paid licensing options. The free license is for personal use or smaller companies generating less than $100,000 annually. Ooh. And the subscription models are based on revenues generated by the games using Unity. So what you pay to Unity is based on how much your game sells. If you're like a bigger company. Yearly. Yes. And this is a million dollars gross. Yeah. So if, you're, so if your game sells a million it makes if your game makes a million dollars in 10 years they're gonna come for their money yeah which that then you might have a problem because you know a million dollars in 10 years you probably don't have you know the yeah. money at the time um so i don't know i mean i think they're both good options if, if you're if you're starting game development or you have an mm -hmm. idea for a game and you want to get going uh but again all of these crazy tools that they're showcasing for uh, next-gen platforms and big AAA companies who will use Unreal Engine 5, you can legit just download the tools and do it yourself. Yeah. Which is insane. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this entire demo you'd be able to tool around with. Um, so that's that's exciting stuff. Oh, here's all the polygons. Look at all those triangles. Wow. Oh, beautiful. So beautiful. So beautiful triangles. It is really cool, though. It's cool stuff. There's more that I have here to talk about this topic. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, Epic Online Services launches, giving other games access to Fortnite-style crossplay and more. Yay! Mm. I love crossplay. I love this world we live in where we can crossplay across everything. Yeah. I love that I can have Warzone on my PS4 get mad that it takes up all of my PS4 and then just seamlessly switch to my Xbox. That is that is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. I hope it just grows from there in the next generation. Yeah, I hope they freaking put Warzone on the Switch or the next iteration of Warzone on the Switch. The fact that they still haven't put Call of Duty on the Switch makes me mad. It's so stupid. Ugh. And another be... Activision game we will get to in a minute. I wonder... Like, what's the minimum spec for Warzone? And can it run on a similar spec to a Nintendo Switch? That's what I'm I want to sure know. I'm sure it can. I, I, I know people have done, like, P 
PC build similar to the Switch back when the Switch first came out. I got a video idea. What's what's a Windows tablet that's a similar spec to the Switch? Oh, I'm sure. Ah, I know they exist. Yeah. The Switch is like what? A Tegra 1? Yeah. Is there a Tegra 1 uh, Microsoft Surface? Yeah, whatever. Well, anyway... Uh, Epic Online Services is now available, giving developers free access to the same kinds of tools used to support Epic Games' massive Fortnite player base. The new suite, uh, which went live on Wednesday, enables a unified gameplay experience across multiple platforms, including Nintendo Switch, PlayStation, PC platforms, Windows, Mac, Linux, because all those Linux gamers out there really, really uh, (laughs) need this, and Xbox. It gives developers and their communities ready access to features like crossplay, cross progression, unified matchmaking, lobbies, and more. Support for Android and iOS platforms will be added soon. You know, I'm making fun of Linux, but uh, these little portable emulators run on Linux. Yeah. So that is actually pretty cool. I don't think this thing has Wi Fi, but that would be sick if it did. Um,. Quote, at Epic, we believe in open, integrated platforms and in the future of gaming being a highly social and connected experience, says Chris Dill, uh, general manager of online services at Epic Games, in a new release. Through Epic's online services, we strive to help build a user-friendly ecosystem for both developers and players where creators can benefit regardless of how they choose to build and publish their games and where players can play games with their friends and enjoy the same quality experience regardless of the hardware they own. Isn't that nice? It's beautiful. There's more people. More people should uh, look at gaming that way. Yeah. First announced in December 2018, Epic Online Services could be a paradigm shift. Pa- 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 paradigm? Paradigm yeah. is how we pronounce that <laughs> shift Paradigm, for yeah. modern video gaming. I should go back to school. The system stands apart from uh, other online service services provided by major platform holders like Sony and Microsoft, while uh, integrating information from all of them. This means players could have access to unified friends lists and use that list to launch cross-platform play sessions in multiplayer games, just like they can in Fortnite. I'll also note they can do that Activision has their own version of that. And that's how I'm able to play cross-platform. Yeah. Epic Online Service uh, also supports cross-platform lobbies and peer-to-peer network connectivity. I'll pause right there. You don't play Fortnite. No. Have you ever played Fortnite? No, actually. (laughs) So, I used to. I I dabbled. Yeah, yeah. If you have an Epic account, do you have an Epic account at least? I think I do. I signed in. Like, mm-hmm. I set everything up, and then I like, never got forward with it. You ever got hacked by a Russian? No. Let's see how many people in the chat have been hacked, ha- who have an Epic account, who have gotten an email saying that they got some Russian guy, like, stole their account. All right. I'm pretty sure, like, 90% of people who have Epic accounts had their ID stolen by a Russian. Right. So, this is a cool tool, but they got to do something about that first <laughs> before it rolls out to more games. Yeah. Additionally, Epic Online Services includes uh, access to cloud-safe functionality with an eye toward enabling platform migration. Theoretically, players could take their achievements and unlocks from one game console to another without needing to start from scratch. I don't think that's going to happen. The same functionality can also be applied to items purchased in-game. That I do think can happen. 
Not every feature of Epic Online Services will be available in all games that choose to use the system. Epic said developers are free to pick and choose from many different features when developing games. Additional quality of life features such as voice chat are absent from Wednesday's announcement. Epic previously said to expect these and other features in 2019. On the topic of voice chat, uh, I believe Fortnite's voice chat on the Switch was a third-party thing that is also open source. Yeah. It's a, I know it's a separate company that made the voice chat tech yeah. for Fortnite on the Switch, and they made it open for basically anybody to use. I don't know if it's free for other developers to use, but a lot of How? Switch games use that sort of like plug-in for voice yeah. chat on the Switch. Um, so I'd imagine that's like a non-issue for this. But if you're an indie dev... You're making your game in Unreal Engine. Now you have the access to this basically free online service that you could use to get your game cross-platform and online, which is, I know online is like a huge uh, hurdle for a lot of indie companies. And that's why a lot of stuff that you'd think would be online isn't online. Yeah. So, uh that's cool. another thing to make developing games a lot easier. And again, if you're somebody who wants to get into development, just freaking download Unreal Engine and start going. Start yeah. hacking away. <sighs> Anything the else? Vox is the name of the uh, the voice chat company. Divox. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they developed uh, that uh, the voice chat tool, which is just you plug your headphone into the Switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So that's all we got for Epic and the PlayStation 5. Well, they announced today that uh, Fortnite will be a launch title oh, for right. Series X and uh, PlayStation 5. Correct. But it's basically just the same game as you have now. It's still running on Unreal 4. There's no real advancement to it. So I hope Warzone does the same thing. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine why they wouldn't do that. Because I would love to be able to play... Because I know I'm going to be the only one of my friends who's going to get, you know, the next gen console once it comes out, and I'm going to yeah. want to play games on it, and that's going to be the first thing I'm going to want to. That's going to yeah. be the one I'm going to spend a lot of time on because you know, when these consoles launch, they don't launch with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, how about some super chats? Mm-hmm. Like Miss Killer with two dollars said, "How is your day going, man? It's going all right. How's your day going?" Eh. I I stayed up very late last night making my Same. video that was way too long. I, yeah. I, that that's always an accident. And <laughs> then I had to wake up. You know, I woke up late as well, and you know, tried to rush to get it done by ten. Now I'm still tired, and I am, yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the life, Will. So that is the life. It's quarantine life. That's a yeah. YouTuber life. Also, I started running on the treadmill because uh, I'm gaining quarantine weight in mm. addition to quarantine beard. So that that's my life now. Everything's oh, I got an update on me getting swole. Oh yeah. <laughs> I ordered jogging pants. That's it. You're that's gonna my need update. To, you're gonna need to say that again. <laughs> I ordered jogging well, like running pants. Alright, hold on. Not sweatpants. Not sweatpants. Say say it one more time because now I'm actually have the hangout window open and I wanna see you say that. <laughs> I ordered jogging pants. Okay, we can move on. All right. Uh, 
Mega Dragon 101 with $2. Do you think Unreal Engine 5 can run on the Switch? I'm going to say yes. Probably, yeah, and probably in some slimmed down version. That's not confirmed? I didn't see anything that says otherwise. You have to understand, just because an engine will work on like PC and like certain systems doesn't mean it'll work for everything. Famously, at least in my eyes, famously, uh, CryEngine, you know, the, the one that runs Crisis and all those games, right. uh, doesn't work on a Wii U. And there was a game on the Wii U you might have heard of called Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric <laughs> that ran on CryEngine. Right. But Sega demanded it be a Wii U game. So that's part of the reason why that game is a buggy mess. Right, right, right. So. So yeah, there's no... You're right. There's no... What, did they even say it works on Xbox Series X? Yes, they did specifically say Xbox Series X. Did they yeah. say PC? <laughs> it has to at least run on PC. The immediate goal with Unreal Engine 5 early on will be to help developers start thinking of games as holistic products that can exist anywhere from smartphones all the way to high-end gaming PCs. Okay. Each generation, this is a quote, each generation includes a new set of problems you don't have to worry about. We're trying to remove the content scalability content problem. They, they say content twice. Remove the content scalability content problem from this generation. Sweeney says with the intent of giving developers the freedom to th think up new game ideas. So it's not specifically said that it works on Switch or what mobile platforms it works on, but I would, it's it assumed that it will work on everything. So according to Wikipedia, which I which I know is not, a, you know, the best source for, for Unreal Engine Five. Yeah. Okay. It's um it's it's part of the Greater Unreal article. Uh, Unreal Engine Five uh, is expected to launch in mid twenty twenty one, supporting all existing systems, including next generation consoles, PS Five and Xbox Series X. All existing systems. Interesting. Yes. So so the so the Super Nintendo. <laughs> So, but that wow. goes for, that goes to scalability. Uh -huh. You know that that plays to what they're saying. You know, the smartphone. The next step up from that is a switch. The next step up from that is you know an Xbox One or a PS4, and then a next step up from that, you know, is the next generation of consoles and a really good gaming PC. Right. So. So. I hope it's as easy as save as you know. <laughs> <laughs> it never is, but. You know, I'm sure I'm sure they got tricks and tools to to help out. Super Saiyan seven with two dollars says, Show us the pants. No. I think they're in my mailbox downstairs. I refuse. Because you're all gonna say they're sweatpants. <laughs> they're joggers. Look, for jogging. There is nothing wrong with sweatpants. I've embraced sweatpants during quarantine because I don't leave the house and because I'm fat now. Um so but they are there. They are indoor yes. clothing only. King, <laughs> always that's... have been, always will be. You're such a king, Will. <laughs> you, you have to, you have to, you know, show a modicum of class. <laughs> every I stand by the statement that every single dude who wears sweatpants outside, or like to class, or like to work is playing with their balls, either in their pocket or just blatantly. Wearing sweatpants 
out is bad enough, but if you wear specifically pajamas, ooh, you should be arrested. Like yeah. straight up thrown in jail. Yes, I agree. I'm wearing jeans right now. I haven't left the house in 14 years. Uh, anyway, next topic. Yes. Next topic. I'm going to go like this so I know in, when I'm scrubbing through later that this is the timestamp. <laughs> um, Xbox Series X games. Here we go. Here's some new, some new next-gen stuff. Yeah. Xbox Series X games won't hit 60 frames per second performance target. Some. You missed the, the key word oh, I there. Some. I meant some. Some. But who called this? Who said Bob was crazy? I mean, I'm not crazy. <laughs> anyway, I'll read this from Mars Technica. With the added power of the Xbox Series X, Microsoft has been touting 4K resolution gaming at 60 frames per second as a new console standard in recent days, though. We've been learning that not all Xbox Series X titles will be achieving that standard. Back in March... Microsoft announced that 4K 60 frames per second level as the performance target for Series X games. Microsoft wanted to build a next generation console that could run games in 4K at 60 frames per second with no compromises for developers. Uh, the company said, and Microsoft's Aaron Greenberg later tweeted that 60 frames per second should be considered the standard output for Series X games. But that target isn't a guaranteed, isn't a guarantee that all Series X games will run at 60 frames a second. Ubisoft made that much clear in a recent statement to IGN. Here is the statement. Assassin's Creed Valhalla will run at a minimum of 30 frames per second. On Assassin's Creed Valhalla, we are committed to offer the best experience to our players by immersing them in the most beautiful worlds and environments we could create and leveraging not only the graphics enhancements offered by the next generation consoles, but also faster loading times and the new architectures. Microsoft further clarified the situation in a series of tweets to The Verge's Tom Warren, quote, ultimately, it is up to individual developers to determine how they leverage the power and speed of Xbox Series X, the company said. Developers always have flexibility in how they use the power, so a standard of common 60 frames per second is not a mandate. So basically, we know that Assassin's Creed is going to be 30. Or it'll run right. at a minimum of 30. So it might And you know what? Vary. That's fine. As long as it's consistent, that's fine. It doesn't sound like it's consistent because they said a minimum of 30. <laughs> but I mean, games like that, there's times where like it could run at 30 during cutscenes and 60 during gameplay. That's a thing that happens sometimes. Yeah. Uh but they said a minimum of 30, which we knew this was going to happen. We knew that not yeah. all games were going to hit that 60 frames per second target. Um, and it's I'm totally cool with that. I'm totally cool with uh, games using other aspects of the hardware to boost other things like the, like the triangle count or uh, yeah. the lighting. You know, some you don't always need 60 frames per second. Um, but I told all y'all mother efforts this is gonna happen, and I got I got a lot of pushback for that. But I don't understand why. It's very clear that we we don't freaking have that now with with freaking PS4 and Xbox One. Why? What makes you think all games are gonna be 4K 60 frames per second? I know like 60 is the ideal for most people, 
And the assumption is with the systems being much more powerful, uh, 60 is, you know, a, a constant 60 is more a, attainable than ever before. But it's what you do with the rest of the game that yes. matters. How much HDR are you using? Is the game running in full 4K? How many triangles are you implementing <laughs> from Unreal 5? You know, all that affects frame rate. I think one of my favorite examples is the Order 1886. Yeah. Because that was a beautiful game like before it came out when, when they were showing demos of it and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it was very cinematic looking. And people were upset that it was only running at 30 frames. Yeah. And they said, this is a, a stylistic choice. It's to make it right. look more cinematic. Personally, I think they should have just went all in and made it 24 frames a second. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. they should have made it super cinematic. Because like... Yeah. I think the Order 1886 looks better for not being 60 frames per second. Yeah. It does look like a movie. Turns out the game just wasn't that great, but uh, it was a beautiful game. It's a great tech demo. Yeah. So if you're talking about like a like a high paced or like a, like a like first person shooter that that you need those frames dumped into yeah. your eyeballs, you need that twitch reaction. Um, then yeah, you're gonna need 60 frames per second. Like if you're playing Valorant on a on a console or something. Um, but for Assassin's Creed, whatever looks best, you know, yeah, whatever they got to do. It's not, it's not the end of the world having a low frame rate. Um, now I want to ask you something, Will. Okay. There's been some debate around uh, the YouTube sphere. Uh, Austin Evans tweeted this the other day. He said 30 frames per second better than 60 frames per... No, 30 frames per second better than... I think he might have said 60. Uh, but anyway, he means for video. Right? Or what we do, you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. For YouTube. Um, and all the comments were like, no, 60 is the best because they don't realize that he's just talking about video. Yeah. Or they know he's talking about video, but they're still comparing it to video games. Yeah. Which is crazy. No. For video, mm -hmm. like regular ass video, anything more than 30, things start to get weird. Right. You know, I'll, I'll never forget. Back when, do you remember The Hobbit Kids? Uh, <laughs> when that movie came out, you know, the big thing, the big technological advancement for it was going to be 48 frames a second rather than the traditional 24. Because that would make things run smoother. It would, you know, it might actually affect the look of the overall video. And at the time, I thought, oh, that makes more sense than 3D or some of the other gimmicks they were making because that would help, you know, with the smoothness of everything. Well, when it came time to actually watch The Hobbit, it was the most bizarre thing. It was too smooth. So nowadays, no movie uses 48 frames a second. They all use 24. And video, it's a little different. That runs in 30 frames or 29.97 if you want to get technical. Um, because it just looks better. 60 is almost too fast for, you know, live action video content. So right now I'm in 60. Right. Will's not because you were using Google Hangouts, but I'm in 60. Yeah. And it is a little weird. Uh, yeah. My videos I shoot in 24. Because I just think it looks nice. Mm -hmm. I've shot videos in 60 before. And I get two types of comments. People saying, you look weird as hell. And people saying, 60, nice. And I think it's just because they see the 60, like, uh, like cogwheel. Yeah. And they go, oh, this is awesome. 
Not that it yeah. actually looks nice. I think they just think like, oh, my games that run in 60 look nice. So this video must look nice because it's in 60. Yeah. Now what I do is I put the timeline in 60 frames per second, but I shoot my videos at, at uh, 24. So the game plays 60 frames per second. Yeah. And then people see the cog wheel and go, oh, nice. Even though I'm still in 24 frames. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say like. You can like I've seen people do that where like they'll film themselves in like twenty four or thirty, but like all the gameplay stuff is sixty, and that looks fine. Yeah, which That's is like fine. a which is like a big no no, and a lot of other people have asked me about that. Yeah, because you're not supposed to mix frame rates, but my keyboard disconnected. You're not supposed to mix frame rates, but that's for like all. That's if you're shooting a movie, like all live action. Yeah, because uh, that looks that's jarring when you switch back and forth. But if you're switching to gameplay. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And I haven't had any problems in my timeline doing it that way, even though it's like a big no-no. Um, but uh, what was it? Mad Max Fury Road. That tripped me up when I saw that in theaters. Yeah. Because they sped up and slowed down the footage just however they felt. <laughs> well, and, and the frame rate was not consistent. Well, that's a little different because most of the times in movies when they do that, they'll you know the camera will be set to film at a certain frame rate and then either get sped up to 24 or slowed down to 24 in order to achieve the look that they want so for example something like in return of the jedi when they're on the speeder bikes mm -hmm. the the you know the footage of the trees passing by that was filmed at one frame a second and then sped up to 24, so it goes much faster. Yeah, but Mad Max, I don't think they did it like that. I think they sped it. I think they shot in 24 and then sped things up and slowed them down, but didn't change the final output. You know what right. I mean? Like, like they just let all of the frames just, just erupt on your eyeballs. <laughs> and that that tripped me up. I mean, it was edited well. I'm not knocking on the editing. I just think it was it. I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. Because I remember in the very first scene, it was go there was like a lot of like running around and it was going nuts. And I was like, I don't know if I can keep my eyes on the screen right now. And I was yeah. asking my friends about that, and they were like, I didn't notice anything. And I think it's because I'm trained to watch that stuff when I play video games. I'm trained to look yeah. for frame dips, and that happened, and it and I almost had an aneurysm. Uh. According to someone who worked on Mad Max, something like 50 or 60% of the film is not running at 24 frames a second, which is the traditional frame rate. It, it'll run below 24 frames because George Miller, the director, said if he couldn't understand what was happening in the shot, he'd slowed it down until you could. Or if something was too well understood, he'd shorten it or speed it back up towards 24. This, his manipulation of every shot in that movie is intense. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So, but if you were to take a, if you were to rip Mad Max Fury Road from Blu-ray and like put it in Adobe Premiere, it will be in 24 frames a second. The movie is in 24 frames a second, but certain shots are not. They're sped up or slowed down. That, that's yes. Yeah, they're filmed. They're film. They're not filmed in 24 frames a second. Right. Yeah. Right, but the movie is in twenty four frames a second. It has to be. I don't know. I, see, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like it has. The timeline has to be a certain frame rate. The whole thing has to be a certain yeah. frame. Rate. Like we know that. Like my videos, the timeline is sixty. 
I shoot in 24, but the timeline 60. What is the max frame rate that happens in Mad Max Fury Road? Is it 24? Because it might not it, be. It ha- It would have to be. But it could be 48. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it might not be. Well, all right, well, we have to take a Blu-ray rip of Mad Max Fury Road and run it through something. Uh, I will do that after this <laughs> podcast. It might take a while because the programs I use to rip Blu-rays take forever. Right. But I will I will get back to you. Anyway, um... Is there like a program you could run it through that tells you per like, well, I have actually, so I don't know why. So when I was, I was, we'll talk about this later also, but I I played Mm -hmm. the uh, Mario um, PC port. Right. And I was trying to figure out how the NVIDIA settings, you can make it. So there's like a thing in the corner that tells you the frame rate. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't figure out how to do it. But ever since then, all of my windows now have a frame rate in the corner. <laughs> like it has it in OBS and it's always changing. Yeah. So I might be able to play the Blu-ray rip and just watch the corner and see if it moves. But anyway, that's what you need because you can't take the whole thing and see what the frame rate is. You have yeah. to see if it changes throughout the thing. Uh, anyway, we got Super Chats. Okay. Right, that's we're, we're done talking about frame rates now. For now, yeah. Um, <laughs> Max with two euros pounds 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 says the light shape behind Bob Bob for smash confirmed. I never noticed that. I need to put a big circle around it. I have a huge strip that's for outdoors that I was supposed to return and I missed the boat on returning it. Now I don't know what the hell to do with it. Make a circle. I could. It's not going to work there. Though. That'd be a weird looking circle. No, probably not, but. Circa became a member here on YouTube. Thank you. Oh, thank you. For your support. And a Max Sage with two uh, pounds. In COD, gameplay is 60, but cutscenes is 24. Jarring. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's really... Well, the last time I played COD was Black Ops 4. Like the, the, the single... No, wait. There was no single player in Black Ops 4, was there? No. What was the last one with single player? Um, Besides Modern Warfare. Was it World War II? Wasn't that before Black Ops 4? What was the one where they were like going through time and it was like going through the guy's memories and it was like jumping? Was it Black Ops 3? That was Black Ops 1. No, Black no, Ops no, no. 2. No, Black it, was, Ops 2. It, it was definitely not Black Ops 2. Because, I mean, they did that in Black Ops 2, but it was... Well, the first two Black Ops games, the first one was like... The guy was going insane, and he and he killed Kennedy, and you were trying to like decipher his memories. And then the second one was jumping back and forth between his son and him. Mm-hmm. I think three was also was just the story made no sense. This was right. the one that disconnect the single player disconnected from the internet and dropped my game. Yes, you remember that happening? Yeah, uh, that was I think the last campaign that I played in Call of Duty. So there was. There's Black Ops 3, and then there was Infinite Warfare, and then World War 2, and then Black Ops 4, which was multiplayer only. So in Black Ops 3, that they it have it did that where the the uh frame rate jumped or it, it slowed down to 24 during cutscenes and it was yeah. really weird cuz like cuz you know, cutscenes were supposed to look seamless. 
So yeah. you'd be like walking and you'd be playing the game and then all of a sudden cutscene and then it just goes to 24 and it's like, what is happening? I can't, mm -hmm. my eyes can't handle this. And for some reason it looks fine when you're doing live action at 24 and then you show gameplay because it's like your brain's like, okay, this is a different thing. Yeah. But if it's all gameplay or all live action, it's going to, it's going to trip you up. Um, That's it. Our dad's in the chat still plugging his Pokemon vlog. Yeah. Which came up in my suggested. Our really? own, yeah, our own video. That happens to me all the time. <laughs> and like, I watched it. Why are you showing it to me again? All right. Uh, what else do we got here? We're not plowing through this as fast as I thought we were going to. Um, oh, God, no. It's nine already. Oh, I have... We're not. We delete these two. I'm not talking about these. I have lists of oh, OBS disconnected. Yay! Nice. I have lists of all the Xbox Series X games and PlayStation Four games. We don't need to talk about that. Yeah, and I have just something uh, Microsoft addressing the whole the presentation they did last week. People didn't like it, and they're like, "Yeah, we know you didn't like it." <laughs> Good. Let's talk about that. Because okay, did you see the presentation? Yeah, I did not. I, I didn't see the whole thing. I like went back and forth with it. Like I mm -hmm. saw some of it here and there, and it just looked like trailers for like next gen games. There was nothing like mind blowing about any of them. So I woke up that day, and all of Twitter was like, "That was meh." So I was yeah. like, "Okay, I guess I won't watch it." And then I never heard any of the game announcements. Like it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. So the big thing was this was supposed to be a gameplay reveal, right? But. Everything they showed just looked like a standard cinematic trailer. Right. There were like there might have been a little bit of gameplay, but there wasn't enough to justify like you know, a big showcase like that. And people complained about it. And uh Aaron Greenberg, their head of marketing, uh said, Had we not said anything and just shown May Inside Xbox, uh just did a May may inside xbox show like we did last month i suspect reactions might have been different clearly we clearly we set some wrong expectations and that's on us we appreciate all the feedback and can assure you that we will take it all in and learn as a team so they're aware so they're like okay i get it you didn't like it yeah we'll we'll do something about it next time yeah which i think is nice that they're addressing it but you know, if, you, if you're going to promise gameplay footage, show us gameplay footage. <laughs> well, is that was that the big, uh, like, feedback? Was that there wasn't a lot of gameplay footage? It was mostly cinematic trailers? Yeah. So I, ha I, I put in here uh, at the bottom, uh, they did their own wrap-up. Mm -hmm. I hate this one. They don't show freaking pictures. Um I just scrolled through this real quick. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Bright Memory Infinite, Call of the Sea, Chorus, Dirt 5. D Dirt 5 better look phenomenal. Yeah. Because these games usually look good. Let me see this. All right, that looks really good. Yeah, it looks good. What else? Uh, Madden NFL 21, which I'm sure is going to be great. Scarlet Nexus. Oh, what were you gonna say something about? Well, Madden? I was gonna. Well, real quick, we'll just go through it. So, 
during that announcement, Microsoft did clarify that like of the of like the 13 games they announced, 10 of them were going to support uh, smart delivery, which is if you buy it for Xbox One, you can play it on Series X and get like, you know, all the upgrades for it. No problem. You don't have to buy the game again. Madden <laughs> has a time limit on that. Oh, you have until the end of the year. Oh, EA. Yeah. How nice of you to you include have, you smart have, you, delivery. I think you, it, smart delivery with a huge asterisk over it. I think I think it is you have to buy Madden for the Xbox One by the end of the year. And then you have to redeem it on Series X by another point. You know, but it's not like... Uh, I forgot what it, one of the other smart delivery games is. Let's just say Scarlet Nexus is one of the games. Buy Scarlet... Ne- <clears throat> Buy Scarlet Nexus on Xbox One whenever you want, and then play it on Series X whenever you want. You know, like a normal person would. Yeah. EA's giving you a time limit. That's that's insane. That is, that's so stupid. Why? This is why we can't have nice things. Uh, somebody asked me about that during a uh-huh. stream yesterday, and I had no idea why they specifically pointed out Madden NFL. With smart that's delivery. why. That's why. That makes sense now. Uh, Scorn is another game. Uh, second uh, Extinction, The Ascent, The Medium, Vampire, The Masquerade, Bloodlines 2. That's a big one. The first Vampire, The Masquerade, Bloodlines came out in like 2004. It is notable for being the first game to run on Valve's Source Engine, but it was delayed because it wasn't allowed to release before Half-Life 2. <laughs> Uh, which one was that? Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 1. <laughs> oh. Is yeah. there a game just called Bloodlines? Uh, Vampire the Masquerade is the name of, like, the the tabletop RPG that it's based on. This doesn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like how it looks. You know, like this doesn't look yeah. like a next gen game. That, yeah, this doesn't look next gen. I think that's another problem too. Is that like at least this is for me? A lot of next gen stuff doesn't really look all that next gen. Yeah. Uh, that was another thing that like uh, that I saw. Like somebody wrote an article saying that uh, you know, the you got to lower your expectations. The jump to next gen isn't going to be that big graphically. Yeah. And Jeff Keighley quote tweeted and was like, this is not going to age well. And then he quote tweeted it again recently and said, this didn't age well. And then <laughs> everybody was like, no, nah, it aged fine. <laughs> like, it still doesn't, these don't look that great. Yeah. There's also Yakuza Like a Dragon. That's yeah. Another which, one. Yeah, it's a Yakuza game. No, I want to play mean, Yakuza. Yeah. They look like they're a good game. Yeah. Um, Do any of these look like phenomenal? That's the thing. I'm not seeing anything that clearly signifies that this is play- playable only on the next generation console. Like most of this stuff looks like it can run on a PS4 or an Xbox One. This game's dipping frames, Scarlet Nexus. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're slowing it down on purpose. Um, Dirt looked good, but I mean, racing games always look good. Yeah. Assassin's Creed Valhalla looked good from the cutscenes we saw. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see anything here that's like 
really oh court so let's see this oh, this looks cool yeah yeah i don't i mean what is this gonna be 4k yeah it's 4k 60. okay this looks good cores looks good cool all right is there anything else from the inside xbox we need to talk about uh, I don't think so. <laughs> this was the day after Wolf Den Live last week. Correct. And now tomorrow, there's a PlayStation. Is there? Something happening, I think. Great. Well, tune in next week for our reaction to that. What are those called? PlayStation, PlayStation Direct. <laughs> PlayStation Experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, PlayStation Experience. Oh, no, that's the convention. Then what's the opening up too many tabs? Yeah, I got a million tabs here. PlayStation announcement. Oh, state of play. It's tomorrow it. and yeah. it's uh all about Ghost of Tsushima. Yes. So it's just a Ghost of Tsushima uh uh, PlayStation announcement, which is fine. I've been wanting to hear about that game. That game yes, I, I'm excited for that game. Uh, State of play, says the, everybody in the chat. Yeah. Um, all right. Oh, more about Sony. Yeah, we're kind of this is just a jambalaya of news. Yeah. Um, Sony hasn't been saying much about the PlayStation Five. Uh, as evident from. The next thing that they're going to do is just talk about one game. For the PS4. For the PS4. <laughs> um, we got what the controller looks like, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, I think there's rumors that they're going to reveal what the what it's going to look like within the next month or so. Uh, and it's going to be on the Summer Games event yeah. thing. But anyway... Uh, Sony had a, like a, like an earnings call. And Bloomberg did an article about it. Yeah. And series analyst Takashi Mochizuki uh, has a quote from it. He said, uh, question, some say PlayStation 5 promotion is falling behind Xbox. Would you give passing score to what PlayStation team has done? And the answer from who's, I don't know, some PlayStation person said, we consider things strategically but doing our best as for pass or fail, I would wait for PlayStation five sales to make that judgment. Oh, that's the CFO. So I guess they're just totally cool with not talking much about PlayStation five until it comes out and then seeing how much it sells. That's interesting. Cause usually you want to like, you know, build up as much hype as possible for your upcoming product. Right. This says to me that they're, overly confident in the sales of ps4 so much so that they believe it will carry over to the playstation 5 right that didn't work in the ps3 era <laughs> yeah well i know that the xbox definitely won the war in america for that generation yes but i i don't think it did worldwide right the PS3 and the Xbox 360 sold about the same. Okay. Over worldwide. 
in terms of like what that broke down to, I'm not sure. I know it was 360 did more in America than PS3 though. Because we know in Japan, nobody cares about Xbox. Correct. And I think that they're just really in a bubble and like riding on that to happen. I mean, this next gen could change that if Sony really drops the ball. I don't think they're going to really drop the ball. Um, I don't know. Like I was hoping from the Xbox 360 to the Xbox One era, I was hoping that people would uh, really be ingrained in the ecosystem. Because I, I was, I wanted my Xbox gamer score. You know, I wanted to keep yeah. using that. I wanted to have my gamer tag and all that. But then all my friends switched to PlayStation. And I was like, Damn, yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of my friends did too. And I guess that that they really just didn't have that need. Yeah. Maybe they were like, now's my chance to play the Sony exclusives. You know. No, I think I think well, with, um, this generation, I think it definitely came down to cost because mm-hmm. the PS4 launched and it was less expensive. And also to uh, messaging, because Xbox was like hard into the, you know, entertainment box where gaming was secondary, and PS4 is like this is a game machine. Yeah, they did a poor job with the very first announcements of the yeah. Xbox, uh, and I mean Sony could fall into that trap too. They could mm-hmm. do the same thing. Um, okay. More super chats. Yes, uh, we got yeah. seven with thirty-five czar. Hey, Will. That's me. I want to get back into comics. This is that question. I oh, would really like to start with something featuring a Miles Morales. Any ideas? Oh. Um, Why not Ultimate Spider-Man? Yeah. Just um, read Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, I don't remember like the exact year um, it happened, but Miles Morales' story you know, is not that old. I'd say it's about like maybe five seven years old at this point so just read anything anything no let me look up no way one of the good things about miles morales is well this isn't really a good thing but um yeah oh 2011 so nine years yeah damn uh well, the thing about Miles Morales is like none of his series really last more than like twenty five issues, <laughs> um, but they're all collected. So if you just pick any of them up, um, you just jump in. You can should be able to, um, you know, get some good stories. I would say maybe try to start somewhere close to the beginning because Miles originally started in a different universe and then eventually got folded into the main Marvel universe. So some of that stuff might be confusing to you if you don't have a good concept of like the multiverse or like the origins of Miles's world and things like that. But then again, just watch into the Spider-Verse and you'll have a basic concept of it. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. It's uh, on Netflix. Mecha Dragon 101 with $5. Who made the animation intro played at the beginning of the live stream? Uh the background animation of me and Will is by uh Brooks Eggleston. Why can't I say his name of character design forge Brooks? Yeah, I said that right. I said it right. I want to say Eagleston Um, character design forge. Uh, He's great. And then I put all like the VHS effects and stuff and the UI elements. Um, But no, he did a good job. And if you like the music from our, from our intro or our background music or anything, uh, it's on the youtube.com slash Wolf Fods account. 
as a big long chill playlist you could listen to uh all right next tony hawk's pro skater one and two remasters officially revealed but they're skipping switch uh you're mad about this uh well keep reading (laughs) uh i'm not gonna read the update um, Nintendo Life says, in recent times, we've been hearing lots of a potential comeback for the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater series. It now seems that the cat's well and truly out of the bag with remastered releases of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 expected to be revealed immediately. A number of people have been sharing messages online claiming to have received text messages from Tony Hawk himself about the new remasters. <laughs> We know, we know, that sounds like the worst source for a news article you've ever heard, but Tony does have a public phone number that is used to share marketing materials with fans. That's like a new thing people do. Yeah, a lot of celebrities doing that. Tony Hawk was, like, I think, one of the first, actually. Uh, the reports have been corroborated by trusted insider Wario64, who shared the following image to social media today. According to a text message from Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 are coming back. Hey, I have a surprise for you and wanted to tell you first, we are bringing back Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, original maps, original skaters, and songs from the original soundtrack, plus new features. The game looks awesome and will be officially announced soon. Uh, It's been suggested that today's game, Summer Games Fest announcement due to go live. Yeah, they actually did end up talking about it. Yeah. Uh, then the update says, well, do you want the good news or the bad news? Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 has been officially confirmed, but it seems like it's it'll be skipping the Switch. The two remasters will launch for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and PC via the Epic Game Store. Ouch. On the 4th of September. Now let's play the demo without any audio. Oh! Because the license well, music. Um, yeah. So this is cool. They yeah. they do have it's there's a part in the demo where they say a lot of the tracks are coming back. They yeah. don't say all, but it might be all. So there were they started interviewing uh Vicarious Visions who are developing this uh remake. And Vicarious Visions has history with the Tony Hawk series. They developed all the handheld versions of the game. Um, they've done ports to other systems of like the main console game. So they, they know Tony Hawk and they said that they've got most of the soundtrack back. There's okay. like a handful of songs they couldn't, but all the ones you remember, all the important ones are like in the game. Sorry. The, the audio just came up for a second. It's going to happen again. I'm so sorry. Okay. Let me mute it. Mute the site. Um, the, the track listing came up that they have that yeah. confirmed Power Man 5000, <laughs> A Bad Religion, Dead Kennedys, Goldfinger, Melancholin. A lot of these bands, they got nothing else better to do. Better cash in the royalties while they can. Yeah. Um, Naughty by Nature, Papa Roach, Primus, Lagwagon, uh, Rage Against the Machine, and more. Yeah. Um, I'm happy that it's one and two. Yeah. One, Those is, are... one is great for the nostalgia factor. Uh, it's got a lot of memorable uh, maps, mm-hmm. but two it, it plays better because you got the manual. Yes. Uh, and it's my understanding that they're going to be adding uh features from later games like the revert 
and lip tricks and grind switching and things like that um just to make it feel like a more modern game rather than just being stuck in you know the the late 90s when these games originally came out will it all be one game i think so so will will you have the manual in the one maps yes this is really cool i mean i hate pre-ordering games pre-order digitally and get access to the warehouse demo yeah that's cool yeah if you ever had a ps1 demo disc (laughs) that that was that was on it that was always on at the warehouse yeah the warehouse demo play the crap out of the warehouse demo uh in addition to that there the the original roster of both games is coming back so all your favorite characters tony hawk uh jamie thomas andrew reynolds kareem campbell Alyssa steamer bob burnquest bucky lassick rune glyphberg jeff raleigh chad muska rodney mullins steve cavallero and eric costin they're all in the game uh chad muska is wearing his backpack like he does in the original which is awesome oh my god he still does that i think I think so, yeah. It's like 40-something. <laughs> they, they're all like in their 40s and 50s now. Um, But yeah, I am beyond excited for this. Now, I, I am so happy that Tony Hawk is coming back, and it looks like it's coming back properly this time. I'm skeptical because Tony Hawk 5 was not a good game. Tony Hawk 5 was abysmal, uh, and they've tried this before. There was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD on last generation uh made by people who made tony hawk 5 oh yeah i forgot that that happened and that was basically like a greatest hits collection of tony hawk 1 and 2 but it was weird because it didn't have the original roster of characters it was like mostly new characters it had like this weird uh half of them were the classic songs and then half were like new songs from like modern bands it ran in Unreal 3, which was clearly not made for a skateboarding game. It just it felt wrong. When you Why it. 3? I don't know. Well, it was last gen, so that was oh, the most okay. recent Unreal. But still, like the original games were not made on Unreal. They were made with a proprietary Neversoft engine. And the, re- the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD used Unreal 3. This game... Vicarious Visions had access to Neversoft's engine. Oh. So they're they're taking like the underlying framework and just building on top of that, adding like the 4K, you know, textures and whatnot to like make it a more modern experience. So the bones of the original game are there. It's just Oh, so it's not new- so it's not a remake. It's it's a remaster. It's this- it's this weird, like, remaster-remake hybrid. Yeah. Nintendo Life calls it a remaster. Vicarious uh, but... Missions also did the Crash Bandicoot collection, and they compared it to that. They had, like, the access to the original, like, source material for Crash Bandicoot and then just built upon that. Oh, they did Crash Bandicoot? Yeah. Oh, wow, they did a great job with that. So much so that the game has the same sort of broken stuff that yeah. was in the original game. <laughs> Um. All right. So yeah, it's get. All right. I have I have more faith in this now. Yeah. So I am very excited for this. As you mentioned, I am a little disappointed that this is not coming to the Switch. Yes. Um, I'm sure most of the people in the chat are also. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm very surprised it's not. I, I'm a, I'm gonna probably get it on PS4 when it comes out because Tony Hawk games are made for PlayStation uh, systems. But I would have gladly have gotten it on Switch and. 
as I've said many times on the channel, there is no reason why it shouldn't be on the Switch, especially when you know Crash Bandicoot and Spyro. Yeah, when those remakes were on Switch, this doesn't look that graphically intensive. I mean, no. you see some leaves blow, and that looked cool. Yeah, Kareem Campbell did like a like a like a power slide across some yeah some leaves. But I think we could deal with not having as many leaves on the Switch version. Yeah. Um. So I tweeted. Uh, hey, Activision, don't forget to port Tony Hawk's Pro Skater to the Switch, please and thank you. What I want everybody currently watching at home right now, live in the chat, and of course, you know, if you're listening to this afterwards, stop listening to us right now. Just, just you can stop. Go to Twitter, open it up on your phone or a new tab on your browser, and just just write, Hey, Activision, don't forget to port Tony Hawk's Pro Skater to Switch. Please and thank you. You can copy you can copy his exact syntax if you want. Yeah. You make sure to at Activision, use um, you know, get their Twitter handle in there. It's just at Activision and use the hashtag THPS so that the most amount of people see this. So just you don't have to retweet me, but you can just copy and paste that in a tweet all your own. The more people we get that, you know, to get that message out there, the better. We're really tackling the hard issues here. Really getting the yeah, word out. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's troubling times, and I think it's it's good that we can all rally behind something. Just trying to do our part. Yeah, you know, for the greater good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, super chats. So we got Demolition Man five with two dollars. Says PS three sold seventy seven ish million, and Xbox three sixty. Oh wait, no, I gotta go into the I gotta go into the specifics. PS3 sold 77.313 million. Xbox 360 sold 77.311 million. Ooh. PlayStation wins, baby. Keep in mind that that's a lot know, more than I was expecting. The the 360 that's probably like people buying the system more than once. Yeah. Uh what do you call that? Manufactured obsolescence? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, they basically built a time bomb into the Xbox 360 yeah. to make it so you would need to get another one. How many did we have collectively? Three. No. No, it has to be more than that. So we had our original. Mm -hmm. that the, the elite that was black. That red ringed. That red ringed. Then we got like a regular, uh, you know, core model xbox mm. where the disc tray died okay and then we got the star wars version and then i also got a four gigabyte uh you got s that version. you got that before the disc tray died in our second one correct because then so i traded had... that in for the star wars one Yes. Or for a, for a DS Lite or something stupid. Something like that. Yeah. I traded it in. I did some wheeling and I worked at GameStop at the time. I did some wheeling and dealing where like uh, I got all these promotions where I like uh, basically got it for free or like got more money for it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. You just, so you we just had four through. Xboxes. I do have a friend who still has his Halo 3 Xbox 360 and that was one of the ones that would red ring. Mm -hmm. and it still works that's amazing that's yeah. like that's like uh like an eight percent chance that it would still work yeah something like that at the time 
it was like a 50 or 60 percent chance that your xbox would red ring now yeah. i think it's up to 90 something that those yeah. original xboxes would red ring all right uh we got seven with 35 czar when i saw a turn expert skater announcement i was like dude all the teenage boys in my family lived for tony hawk back in the day i think every teenage boy lived for that series it's the only reason i skateboarded i sent hawk series i sent the trailer to my friends and every single one in the group chat was like really excited for it including my one friend who does not play video games wow. he is seriously considering buying a ps4 or an xbox one just to play this if it had online multiplayer that'd be sick it does Ooh, that's it sick, does then. that's cool yeah all right next uh oh we're up to we're finally getting to a nintendo topic oh thank the lord we talked about the mario 64 uh pc port last week yes right mm-hmm. i think this is very important uh nintendo cracks down on the super mario 64 pc port almost like immediately yeah and it was and it's probably because everybody reported on it yeah uh and a lot of people are like uh oh, i i i don't remember i had a tweet um a lot of people are mad at the articles that wrote about it because they they, yeah. they kind of brought a light to it and then got Nintendo to shut it down. And then the people who wrote the articles were like, oh, I'm sorry, I won't report on gaming news ever again. <laughs> anyway, Nintendo's legal eagles have reportedly begun targeting sites hosting compiled versions of the Super Mario 64 PC port, which was made available on the internet last week. I'll also note this is not from, this picture is not from a PC port. It's friggin' blurry as hell. Um, according to a follow-up story by Torrent Freak, after the initial v, uh, VGC report, links to download the executable version have started to disappear from various file hosting websites. The action, at least in part, has been taken by the U.S.-based law firm uh, Wild- Wildwood Law <laughs> Group, LLC. The firm has supposedly worked with Nintendo in the past to, quote, suppress the availability of modding tools and related products. I didn't know there was a third-party company doing this. Torrent Freak was able to get a hold of one of the complaints filed with Google. Here's exactly what it said. The copyright work is uh, Nintendo's Super Mario 64 video game, including the audiovisual work software and fictional character depicted depictions covered by U.S. copyright regulation number, and then it's redacted. Uh, the reported file contains an unauthorized derivative work based on Nintendo's copyrighted work. Nintendo has also been targeting YouTube channels for uploading footage of the PC port. <gasps> with many videos receiving copyright claims. Despite the legal measures taken so far, there are still some cases where Nintendo's law firm has filed complaints and had no luck getting downloaded links removed. If we hear any more developments, we'll be sure to let you know. You were going to say something when I said... I was was going to ask, like, did we get notification or anything? So funny you ask, Will. Uh Uh-oh. So I played... The Super Mario 64 PC port. Yes. And I, I played it on Twitch, and then I uploaded it to the VODs channel. And you'll be happy to know we did not receive any copyright claims or any such tomfoolery for that video. I'll also note, before I say anything or show anything, I have the game. 
I have a physical copy of the game in my hand. I own Super Mario 64. Okay? All right? Yep. As far as they know, I ripped it from this. <laughs> um, now I'm afraid to show the footage. Yeah. But I have, I mean, it's on the VODs channel. Well, then VODs. Uh, here it is. Uh, here it is. So I played it. Uh, remember we were like, we had some like concerns yeah. about this. Like it, first of all, it is 4k. Yeah. The textures are not, they're still blurry. Yeah. Uh, the polygons kind of are, uh, the only thing that looked better than it, just a regular emulator. Cause I did do a comparison. The only thing that looked better was the, the, the UI elements. They look better. Right. And that's really it. I, I played with the dog for like eight minutes in the beginning of this video. <laughs> Quality content over on the VODs channel. Of course. You. Where's the part where I compare the two? Um, it There's no options at all in the, in the game. You just load it up and it just starts. Okay. Um, an Xbox controller works. And that's basically it. There's like a config file where you can map controllers but it's a text file so it's not the most intuitive right all right so here's the part where i actually load up another emulator i think no oh there it is so i used i compared this to project 64 and project 64 looks exactly the same except for you can see the the ui elements are a little they're a little crappy looking right. but the rest of it looks exactly the same there's no difference at all um so like I mentioned, we did not get any dings for this video. However, <laughs> I played the Ocarina of Time uh multiplayer demo with Wood, beat him mm -hmm. up's Wood. He uploaded an edited version to his channel. It's edited very well. It's a great video. It's very funny. Okay. Um, I uploaded the full VOD to the Wolfden VODs channel. And I put it up as unlisted. Within minutes of it going up unlisted, it was taken down. Not, not copyright strike. Not claimed. Removed. Really? Yes. And I have the email here. Your video has been removed from YouTube. Hi, Wolfden Vods. As you may know, community guidelines describe which content we allow and don't allow on YouTube. Your video, Multiplayer, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, full gameplay with beat-em-ups, was flagged to us for review. Upon review, we've determined that it violates our guidelines and we've removed it from YouTube. They actually... It doesn't say it here. Yeah. But they if you look at it in the Creator Studio, it said inappropriate content. So it claimed that this was inappropriate that we played the multiplayer ROM hack. Okay. Then I appealed it. And within five to 10 minutes, the video is an hour long. Within five right. to 10 minutes, I got another email that said, Dear Wolfden Vaz, thank you for submitting your video appeal to YouTube. After further review, we have reinstated your video. Uh, so it immediately, almost immediately went back. So nothing There's happened. Did it say, because usually it'll tell you who, like, filed the complaint. It it seemed to me like it came from YouTube. 
Okay. And so there's more to the story. Okay. Kevin Kenson recently got his video of the Nintendo Switch hack. Is a video mm-hmm. hacking the Nintendo Switch of some sort from like a year ago. It got removed from YouTube. Okay. Uh, for the same reason, inappropriate content. But he appealed it and it came back. And that's again, seems like YouTube's back end doing that. Do you think this has to do with the whole? I already forgot the name of it, but the the whole reason why now we have to mark whether or not we curse in our videos. No, I think that uh, that's separate. Right. I think that Nintendo is cracking down on these sort of hack videos or like you know the 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 PC port videos and stuff like that. Right. And they're going overboard, and YouTube gave them tools to fight against stuff like that, and they're overstepping their bounds. Okay. I think that's what's happening. Uh, I'll also note that Beat'em Ups uploaded his video and nothing happened to his video. His video was yeah. totally fine. Nobody cares. Uh, also, for whatever reason, this video, which was just a VOD from one of the live streams like two days ago. I don't know if it's fixed. Let's see if it's fixed. No. Error. It's just removed. There's This, this, this didn't give me a notification. The video is just broken. Right. <laughs> I don't understand what happened there. This is irrelevant. This is just a little anecdote. But what I'm trying to say is Nintendo's been cracking down in a really weird way. Or YouTube, in Nintendo's honor, has been cracking yeah. down in a very bizarre way. Um, of course, Nintendo owns the copyright to all of this stuff. I mean, every video game company owns the copyright to content about their game. Yeah. So, like, when we play their game or when we even show their content on screen, we can get copyright strikes. Right. But at least in terms of video games, there's a general understanding that the people doing this are not necessarily doing this to infringe on copyright. They're doing it to, you know, either review it, talk about it, or, you know, let's plays and streams are more or less considered transformative art at this point. So so most game companies view that as promotion because that's what it is. Exactly. A few years ago, we saw like the controversy where uh, Let's Players were playing narrative-driven games, mm-hmm. and it didn't really give an incentive to buy the game because why would you buy it if you just saw somebody play the whole thing? Yeah, you know. But most games, like uh, Call of Duty, like if you watch somebody play that game, you're like, "Crap, I need to get in on this. This looks yeah. like a cool game." Um, so most game companies view it as advertising. Nintendo is weird, and they, for a long time, did not view Let's Plays as advertising. Mm-hmm. They viewed it as, hey, that's my copyright, and you're making it look weird when you curse on our Nintendo. When you have Mario on screen, you curse. That's bad for business. Um, they've since kind of walked that back, but they still are. Here they are again. Yeah. Being weird. Also, I just posted a video about a freaking handheld emulator, but luckily that's safe. Yeah. For now. They, that's another thing. They could strike all that stuff down too. But I just wanted to talk about that because A, we talked about it last week, and B, uh, some insider info, they're friggin' being weird. They're targeting these ROM hack videos and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, Super Chats. Uh, where are we? Oh, there's been a lot. Bren, Benjamin, Benjamin, 
which is a normal name. Uh, Tynes with $2. Poodifer567 here to say hi. Hello. Hi. Uh, Dragon 101 $5. Do you guys recommend the Tony Hall remasters for someone who did, don't really care for skateboarding? I'm going to yes. not say anything now. I will wait to see if it's good first. Well, the Tony Hawk games in general, even if you didn't skateboard, like those were the games to play. They they're insanely the gameplay loop is insanely fun for Tony Hawk. Yeah, games. yeah. It, it doesn't really matter whether or not you skateboarded or not. When those games came out, you got them because they were just good games, and they were very good at simulating the culture around skateboarding. So you felt like you were a part of this alien world that you never really stepped foot in. They got our entire generation into skateboarding. Yeah. Like we would go out and freaking skateboard yeah. all the time. E- even people like you who didn't really skateboard. Yeah. Would I still, still bring your board out. Yeah. I was know? still like just ride around with my friends. I couldn't do tricks to save my life, but right. You right. Know. So it really, so yes, I'd say the Tony yeah. Hawk games are great Absolutely. for people who don't care about skateboarding, but we don't know if this game's going to be great or not. Right. So. But I will say between this and skater XL and sessions, we're we're starting to see like an uptick in skateboarding games again. Like I, they're slowly making their way back. I hope so because skateboarding isn't like it was when we were growing up. It's it's no. not as big of an industry right now. No. Um but skateboarding video game like extreme sports video games as a whole was like a big deal in the, you know, PS1, PS2 era. And then they just like disappeared. And now, like they're slowly coming back, and this is this is exciting. That won't mean that doesn't mean we're getting Skate Four, right? So, uh, we got. If we do, it's gonna be bad. I guarantee it. You heard it here first. Mega Dragon also gave us two dollars and said, "Also, we'll make an a video on My Little Pony comics." I'm gonna tell you, please don't do that. I mean, it would get views, but no, I'm not. Doing I don't that. know if it would. Actually, oh. actually, I know it won't. I know it won't. <laughs> it's it's. I don't know where that is right now. I don't think it's as popular as it was like five years ago. I just because again, you're not you're not competing against the other My Little Pony videos. You're competing against our subscribers, right? And nobody wants to see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Super Saiyan Seven with five dollars. Crash and Spyro didn't launch on the Switch alongside the other consoles either, though. While it should, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater may not come out until a couple months later, which I think would be fine. That's true. That is very true. I think that would be fine if it just takes a little while. I feel like, though, by this point, this is Activision's like third uh, remastering of PlayStation 1 games. By this point, you would think they would announce the Switch as as a system in the announcement, in the, the initial announcement. You know? Yeah, but they would have to also like uh you know uh say it's coming in a few months. Right. Well, they can they can say like the switch version is coming later, like Bethesda said the switch version of Doom Eternal is coming later. Just give us some like confidence that like it's gonna come to the system that most people want to play this game on. I'm trying to fix my camera for you, Will. It's not happening. Oh, yeah. It's all right. I've been staring at your green face for a while. Oh, it legit like completely disconnected my my webcam. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Oh, and I'm frozen on the on the actual screen. <laughs> Oopsies. There we go. Uh, I'll just do this. Here you go. Now you can see the ch crappy choppy version. Uh. Bruce Patrick with $2, Spider-Man and other guest characters, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2. Uh, so I know a lot of people, I've seen people say it when they made the announcement, people are like, are they going to have secret characters like they did in the past? A lot of the secret characters were licensed. Like Spider-Man was in Tony Hawk 2, uh, Wolverine and Darth Maul were in Tony Hawk 3, and things like that. Activision doesn't have the Spider-Man rights anymore. So I don't think we're going to see him in this game. If we do, that'd be amazing. Another reason why they were able to get those licenses was because the first game sold so well. Yeah. So like everyone was like, yeah, sure, you get, we'll get in your game. Well, also too, like Activision was making uh, Marvel games at the time. They were making Star Wars games uh, for a little bit. So they had access to those characters. They don't mm -hmm. anymore. I don't think we're going to see any Star Wars characters in these games because those are EA projects now. Marvel, there's a chance. There's a small chance, but it's there. Um, we might see other characters if they're going to be secret characters. Like we might see Crash Bandicoot as a secret character. That'd be sick. Which make, he looks like a 90s skateboarder. Uh, Holden Drake with $5. Have you guys seen Ghost Runner? It seems like something of interest. So that was on like Digital Foundry's like review of the Unreal Engine stuff. Yeah, which was surprising to me because it doesn't look that great. It plays really Ghost Runner. I played a little bit at PAX. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't include it in my video because it's not. I don't think it's a Switch title or it's not coming to Switch first. Um, but it's basically Mirror's Edge with like more combat. Oh, it looks re it, it plays really cool. It's a really yeah. cool game. Uh, I am. Uh, very interested in that when it comes to Switch because I'm not yeah. gonna play it anywhere else. Um, so yeah, it looks cool. Uh, Mega Dragon one hundred two dollars. Skatebird will be better than the Tony Hawk games. Uh, you just oh, yeah, asked Skatebird. us. You just asked us if you should play the Tony Hawk games, and now you're saying that another <laughs> game's gonna be better. You don't even know. Uh, Rocker Productions with two dollars. Odds on Nintendo having even having a holiday twenty twenty game. I think they need, I think it's, I'm going to say 95% because I don't want to say hundred. They'll definitely have one. I just don't know if it will be like a Smash Brothers or a Breath of the Wild or an Animal Crossing. Like, I don't know if it'll be like, you know, a big game. I think they're going to have one big game. Yeah. And that's it. But I don't know what the hell it's going to be. I feel like they'll have like, not like, you know, little games, but they're they're not going to have like you know their triple A titles. They might have like their double A stuff. You know. Well, I think it's a pretty sure shot that they're going to have the the Mario stuff. Yeah, but uh, that's not enough. I mean, a Mario port of Ma uh, a Switch port of Mario sixty four, I think would contend with Mario Odyssey. Like, I think it would sell that much. Like, like a. Yeah. Not a port, a complete remake of Mario 64, I think would have the potential to compete against some of the biggest Switch titles. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's going to be the holiday game. We have a couple other things here. Square Enix is report. I'm just going to run through them. They're not All right. important enough to spend like 10 minutes on. Uh, Square Enix is reportedly ditching plans for E3 2020. 
like well, the, the replacement, replacement show. They're, so yeah. they're not they're not doing like a like a video conference like everybody right. else. Capcom plans to release multiple major titles in twenty in uh, by April twenty twenty one. Uh, it's three, I think they said. Okay. And e- one of them will be Resident Evil 8. That's And a cool. potential remake for Resident Evil 4. Just, just Dino Crisis. <laughs> like, more people want a Dino Crisis remake than they do a Resident Evil 4 remake. That's a fact. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's a fact. I think it is. Did you see somebody, um... Just to like uh, one of those AI upconverts of Dino Crisis 1 in 4K or whatnot. I did not see that. Yeah. Uh, I will note it. that Capcom, I mean, Resident Evil, the franchise is now double the size of the last best. I'm saying this very wrong. Um, <laughs> Capcom's biggest franchise was not Resident Evil. Now, Resident Evil has doubled the previous best-selling franchise from Capcom. Was that Monster Hunter? I don't know. That's just a, the headline that I saw. It might, I remember... It, Monster Hunter like, makes sense. Resident Evil 6, for the longest time, was the best-selling Capcom game, period. Ew. Yeah. Ew, that game. I've never played that game, but I heard very bad things about it. <laughs> Uh, oh, Capcom's Resident Evil series has doubled the lifetime of sales of the company's former champion, Street Fighter. Oh, that's oh, a big deal. Yeah. Wow, I'd assume, I would think Monster Hunter but would no, be up it, there too. It is Monster Hunter. Oh. So, Resident Evil... This is according to Nintendo Life. Uh, the <laughs> Resident Evil series has sold 98 million units. Monster Hunter has sold 63 million. Street Fighter has sold 44 Mega Man 36, Devil May Cry 22, and Dead Rising 13 million. Is there a franchise that is stagnating harder than Mega Man? I think Mega Man, like, what are you doing, dude? There, you got Whoa. a freaking, you got fruits on that tree that you're just letting rot. Mega Man came out with a game a couple of years ago. I wouldn't call that stagnant. Mega Man 11, and it sucked. A lot of people were like, "Yay, Mega Man!" It was not a good Mega Man game. Well, when I don't you think say like a game is like a series that's like stagnating, I, that to me that says like they're not doing anything with it, or they haven't. They weren't like, until um, Eleven came out. Eleven, yeah, and then you know, but I, but that was like a couple of years ago. Dead Rising, they haven't done anything with in a longer time. True. Yeah, but Mega oh, Man is freaking the one of the biggest IP. It's one of the biggest characters in video gaming. You know it's the Capcom franchise that's been stagnating for years? Dino, Dino Crisis. Crisis. Dino Crisis. <laughs> uh, uh. It gets people really upset when I say Mega Man 11 wasn't wasn't good. It really wasn't that it good. It wasn't. It, it played really weird. It played yeah. like a game that somebody just farted out. It played like a game... It, it played like a game made by people who were trying to innovate on a series that didn't really need it. Like, they just added a lot of features and they made it really hard because they knew that's what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I think it felt like somebody was like... It, it felt like a pitch for a Mega Man game. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, it wasn't Mighty Number no. 9, though. Uh, somebody in the chat 
oh, Ben Bengi says, so Bob, how do we fix Mega Man? You do what's what Sega did with Sonic. You get people who are doing great stuff in the community and you go do that, but for our yeah. game. Um, anyway, the last two things I had on here was excellent digital art software colors is making a grand comeback to the switch. I never heard of this app before in my life, <laughs> but, uh, is a Kickstarter. Uh, they never show off screen footage of it actually working, which concerns me. Yeah. But there's this pen, there's a stylus that you plug into the system. Don't play that. Oh, you plug it into the headphone jack. This is weird. Oh, that is weird. But yeah, they show like like recorded footage of somebody using it, but the, mm -hmm. you don't see the two. Okay, there's the two, there's the UI stuff. How do you bring up the UI stuff though? Probably I have a, a lot of questions. Yeah. And there there's somebody using it, but they don't show what they're doing on the screen. That she's literally just scrubbing the whole screen. Oh, there it is. Oh yeah, she's just just scrubbing the screen. Yeah, you don't see it actually in yeah. use, which concerns This me. screams you draw tablet to me. Yes. I mean the these these paintings that people are doing on it look beautiful. Yeah. But still, I want to Oh, there Oh, wait. Oh, you can see it. You can like barely see, which she looks like she's yeah. just scribbling. She's not doing anything. There's a little making little lines. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, the next thing on here is there's a piano game coming cool that's it there's a piano game you can play piano it literally just looks like a just the the one section of the just the, just the what do you call that just the notes yeah. one bar of notes yeah i used to be a musician wait I so this screenshot makes it look like you hit the buttons like the actual buttons can you use the touch screen as a keyboard um, I assumed you can use the touchscreen as a keyboard, <laughs> but maybe you can also press the buttons. Also, uh, this doesn't look right. You could play London Bridge added, is falling down. I think they added an extra key. No. Get out of town. Hang on a second. Go back to think back. They did. No, they did. Oh, no. Oh, they didn't even get it right. Wait, are you, wait, which one are you looking at? Are you looking at the, the piano, the one that says piano, or are you looking at the free play icon? The piano, the one that says piano. Because the free play icon is also wrong. It's like wronger. Look at that. Yeah. It's got an extra couple of notes. <laughs> All right. Why? Okay. Cool, dude. Yeah, it has. So that that X, the one that has X above it, that's an extra key. Oh, I didn't even realize. That. That's that's what's throwing me off. <laughs> ZL Good catch. ZL is supposed to be the C note, and then it goes up from there until you get back to ZR. Yeah, ZL is C, and then it's supposed to go C D E F G. A, B, and then back to C. How, what, what did you look up to find that? I, I typed in piano keys, and the first image is literally just just that. It's it's 
a section of piano keys and it goes C, D, E, F, G, A, B, and then back to C. Yep. yep. And then between <laughs> E and F, they threw in an extra key. That's so stupid. Oh my god. They've they've got some splaining to do. Yeah. Simply called piano. All right. Well, zero out of ten for that game. <laughs> Literally, all you had to do was make a keyboard. You had one job. And you effed it up. All right. Anyway, that's it for the news. Okay. We're done. Uh, let's do the tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. There's three here. I I, I threw in two extra. So I put this here. This is from Elise Willems, who is one of the funniest people that I follow. Uh, the good old days. And it's just a picture of a thumbnail of one of the Nintendo Switch advertisements <laughs> of everybody playing at like a rooftop bar. That is funny. Which has never happened in the history yeah. of owning a Nintendo Switch. Nobody has ever broken this out at a rooftop yeah. bar. But there it is. It's funny because you see that picture of people hanging out at a rooftop bar and you're like, those people aren't social distancing. Yeah. Anyway, um, you put in gaming humor and news. Yes. Never changed, Nintendo. And it's a picture of ah, I get it. two people elbow dropping the GameCube logo and the Switch logo. So the GameCube logo is doing the... You can hear this picture. Yeah. <laughs> it's the GameCube logo doing its da-da-da, and then the Switch logo <laughs> doing the click. Yeah. I get it. That's good. I'm going to hit like on that. And then you got Lulu over here. You read it. Okay. Oh, it's got a... I refuse to 100% say Resident Evil 6 is a great action Resident Evil game because one of the scrap skin concepts was Leon carrying around the Resident Evil 4 merchant. Absolutely disgusted they didn't make it real. Is this a real thing? I think it is. Skin concepts? What does that mean? Like that's one of the you know the one of the costumes he can wear was him carrying around the Resident Evil Four merchant. That's uh, imagine. Well, that would okay. So that'd be like you would have all of his inventory at all times. Yes, that's uh, really cool. That'd be like a cool unlock. And just think, because it's the Resident Evil Four merchant, every time you ask for a gun, he would go, "Here you go, stranger," <laughs> and just hand it to you. That's frick, I, that would be freaking cool. I would have a much higher opinion of Resident Evil 6 if that was in the game. Or of the Resident Evil 4 remake that you want so much, right, Will? Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, I almost put... I just found this tweet from uh, Eric Cannon saying, there are people talking crap to Stone Cold Steve Austin because he chooses to wear a mask in public. That's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> and it's a picture from Stone Cold's Instagram talking about going out wearing a mask and somebody is like getting really mad at him for wearing a mask in public and he's just like shut up dude <laughs> don't pick a fight on social media oh, with stone cold steve austin no don't pick a fight with him ever anywhere yeah he's freaking stone cold Running errands on the street streets of LA, a friend of mine made me this custom Alabama FLB FBL mask. The mask is cool, but she made it a little too small, <laughs> so it cuts off the circulation of my ears. My ears are actually crimson since she is a, a Clems, Clemson football fan. I figured she ribbed me on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> 
Stay safe. Hashtag roll tide. Hashtag board focus. <laughs> oh my god, you can see his ears are pinched. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, Somebody get him one of those ear savers. Yeah. Or a mask that fits his massive head. <laughs> All right. Now we talk to you people. Yes. As always, you can reach us on Twitter using the hashtag WolfdenLive. If you left a comment on last week's WolfdenLive, this is the part of the show where we will finally answer you. And of course, ladies and gentlemen watching us at home, please start leaving your questions and comments because we will get to them when we are done with everybody else. And that's the bottom line. <laughs> we only have one Twitter hashtag here. The other one is you. I don't know why it's, you put that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jordan says, I can't wait for when I can link all my accounts together and buy a game once instead of for each different console I want to play on. That will never happen. That will ne- that will that will never happen. I remember before this generation started, people were dreaming of the one console future where all you do is buy the game once and play it on whatever device you want. People were saying that this would be the last generation of, you know, separate systems. The one after that it's all going to be just one one system, and that's not happening. Or I'll I'll change my statement. That will never happen in our lifetime. Yes. <laughs> Maybe after we're dead mm-hmm. or unable to play consoles anymore. Um, I don't know if I could say that. Sweet Sukeban says, Leak, Kotaku, sorry I don't read trash. <laughs> but can you listen to trash? Because you yeah. listen to the podcast. Oh, this is from last week's Wolfden Live. I don't know if I said yeah. that already. Uh, Luke Graham, if these means th- that GameCube slash N64 games are coming to the Switch, that would be amazing. Especially if the leak contains the old N64 animation in higher poly count. Maybe Nintendo is working on upscaling games from these consoles for the Switch. One thing that is confusing about these leaks mm-hmm. is that Nintendo is notoriously bad at archiving their old stuff. Yeah. So the fact that they have those like test ROMs sitting around somewhere is weird. Yeah. It's not that they're bad at archiving their stuff. They're actually pretty good at archiving their stuff because they save everything. Well, they used to not. What, do you hear a buzzing? Yeah, I hear buzzing. You that... got really loud. and Oh, I shouldn't have gotten loud, but something's happening outside yeah. right now. There's like a loud siren or something. Weird. Well, what I mean by that, like, they save everything they have. It's just, it's a matter of re-releasing that stuff to the public. Well, no, like, they lost the original Mario Brothers source code and all that stuff. Oh, that's right. That's what I'm talking about. Like, a lot of old NES stuff they just don't have anymore. Yeah. And, yeah, they also have, like, a vault like Disney does, and they're weird at releasing stuff to the public. Yeah. Spirits Fall says, these guys just can't read, and he's right. That's a correct statement. Yep. Uh, Xander Almighty says, let's be honest here. Nintendo didn't want people to create their own username because it gave room to make usernames that were inappropriate for younger audience or young audiences. The reason why Nintendo is always reluctant about online stuff is because they can't control many aspects of online gaming. I would say that's a reason. Definitely. Uh, Nintendo is notoriously weird about people saying stuff like they don't want people to have control over like communicating with kids yeah but animal crossing kind of opens it up for a lot of nastiness yeah like there's just a straight up text chat in the game you could just straight up text chat with other people yeah um there's people who upload porn 
like you can you can have like just pictures on the wall and you can upload your own pictures if you do it through some website mm-hmm. and people just upload porn it's yeah. really pixelated and garbage looking you can barely tell what's happening but that's the thing i've seen people do so i guess they're kind of slowly walking back on that but you know still you can't write uh piss in animal crossing well let me write piss oh no i could write piss in messages i couldn't name uh that's what it was i couldn't name my some one of my villagers asked what's your favorite drink and i wrote piss (laughs) and they said no you can't write that so i wrote weed so my favorite drink is weed there you go anyway now uh, we're on the chat yes do we get any i don't think we got any super chats okay uh david says animal crossing is the leak in the nintendo system the wholesomeness barrier has been breached oh no ah ah, piss anthony himes says bob stop uploading porn to animal crossing for crying out loud somebody dm'd me today and said my i got an island with 600 uh 600 bell turnups baby and i now i am a rich man in animal crossing Sold my turnips on the stonk market. There you go. Uh, Marcos Baratelli. So, Bab, Hi. speaking about musical games, what about that drum game on Switch? It looks pretty cool to me. Ta, ta, what's the, I can't, I, I want to say Taiko Drum Master, but I don't think that's right. Well, Taiko Drum Master, that, that, that's a series of games. Yeah, it's on the Switch. Okay. But I, I think Taiko, is, is that actually how you pronounce it? Yeah. Oh, it is Taiko. Taiko no Tatsuin. Drum and fun. <laughs> yeah, I have it. I have it. I have not played it, but I have it. Uh, they make a, a lot of different, um, you know, like drum peripherals for it. And I wanted to do a video on it, but they wouldn't send it to me because it was Japanese only. Oh. Um, and it was like $120. And I was like, I'm not having a giant $120 drum in my house for one yeah. video. Um but no, I, I haven't played it, but I would love to play it. Uh, Parker, hey, Will, what's your favorite Pirates of the Caribbean movie? My favorite is at World's End, since the final battle scene is one of the best I've seen in a Pirates movie. I think I've only I don't seen like one. any of them. <laughs> Have you seen any of them? I've seen the first one, and it's fine, but I never understood why people were so into those films. Johnny, was... Johnny Depp. Yeah, but now everybody hates him. <laughs> And they made five of those stupid things. So, I guess the first one because it's it was it was okay back then. <laughs> I, I I don't remember if I saw the first one. I didn't see the first. I saw the first one on, on like DVD or something. Because mm-hmm. like I think the girl I was dating at the time was like really into them, and I watched it. I'm like, it's fine. But like, I just I don't I don't think there's anything special about them. Tony Montiero says, Bob, are you going to play through Ocarina? You can do it. No, I'm not. Oh, this is the thing. Now everybody's mad at me because it, during that Let's Play, I said I barely played Ocarina. Yeah. I got. I explained, though. I got up to like the second dungeon during the 3DS playthrough. So this isn't even when I was a kid. So, all right. We played Ocarina a lot on the N64 where we were kids. No, we didn't play it a lot. We... Uh, we took it out from Blockbuster multiple times. We took it out a couple times, yeah. Yes. 
I collectively in my life played 20 to 30 hours of Ocarina of Time. And I think that's a lot to play in a game. Yeah. All right. And I only got to the second dungeon on the 3DS version. And I was like, all right, I'm good. No, I became adult Link. And then everyone's like, did you do A, B, and C? And I was like, no. And they're like, oh, well, then the whole game's ruined now. You got to go back and do all that yeah. stuff. And I was like, I'm not that was, doing that. That was my problem because I tried to like seriously play the game on the 3DS, like sit down, play it, the whole thing. But like it just gets to a point where it it just it stops guiding you. It just stops, you know, informing you on like what to do next. It just it just throws its hands up and it says you're on your own. And by that point, you realize you miss like all these other quests that you had to do in order to do stupid crap, like increase the size of your wallet. Yeah, I was explaining this, I think, on a live stream yesterday. Um I don't like games where you have to figure out what to do and where to go. And that's 80% of the game, which yeah. is awkward at time. 80, no matter what people say, 80% of that game is figuring out what to do and where to go. Unless you played it a bunch of times and it's ingrained in your brain. Cause you, now you know what to do and where to go. Yeah. The first time playing it, you either had somebody guiding you, you had a strategy guide or something, or you sat there for hours trying to figure out what to do, and where to go. For some reason, Pokemon, I was cool with doing that. I was cool <laughs> with looking up a strategy guide. Cause like, you get these cute Pokemon, they're part of your team. You're like having the adventure together, you know? Yeah. But Ocarina of Time, a lot of what people were drawn to was the story and the world. And, you know, you were Link and you were saving this princess. You had to fight Ganon, and blah, blah. And people were like, That's, all cool with that. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I, but I didn't have that connection. I wasn't like, I want to see this through, you know? But for yeah. some reason, Pokemon, I was like, this is awesome. I want to see this through. I was like willing to put up with the bullcrap in Pokemon in order to see the game through. I wasn't willing to do that with Z uh, Zelda for whatever reason. And like you can argue that Breath of the Wild is even more obtuse because it doesn't tell you anything. It just you know puts you in you know the world and you're off on your own. But that never makes you feel like an asshole <laughs> for missing something or like not doing a certain thing. Like if you fail at one quest, you can just go off and do another. And you can, you can get the satisfaction of completing something in the game. You're always doing something in Breath of the Wild. And you there's a sense of progression even when it feels like you're not really progressing. Ocarina, there's, this, there's a sense to move forward. But at a certain point, the game just like puts up a brick wall and expects you to climb it with no climbing gear. Uh, that's my argument with Breath of the Wild is that the game doesn't tell you anything. It just goes here, do whatever. But yeah. every single thing that you do is to help the greater goal of beating the game. Yeah. So, so uh, it's just Breath of the Wild is designed like amazing. Yeah. Breath of the Wild, there's like a million different ways to climb the wall. Uh, Ocarina, there's one. And if you missed it, then uh, you try glitching through it. I yeah, guess. it's going to be a thousand times harder. Yeah. Also, we're comparing games that are 20 years apart <laughs> but everybody does this everybody yeah everybody does this, this uh bob i don't know who told you that but that doesn't sound right kind of uh, i told myself that <laughs> i'm saying it kind of have to figure out but back and oh oh you mean who told me that uh when i become adult link i missed a bunch of stuff kind of have to figure out but back and the owl help i don't know supposedly you can I, I remember hearing that once you become adult Link, that's it. You're screwed if you didn't do all this stuff. But apparently yeah. you can go back and become young Link again. 
Yeah, you you go back and forth between young Link and adult Link. Right. Yeah, you don't stay as adult Link. You you the whole point of the game is to travel back and forth through time. Eighty percent of me playing the game every time I played the game was trying to figure out what to do next. And yeah. that's not fun to me. It was fun in Pokemon for whatever reason. <laughs> um anyway, there's one for you here. Okay. Leela says, Will, I just want to say that I randomly clicked on the vid ranking Spider-Man movies and it awakened my childhood memories of Spider-Man 2. I rewatched it and it's great. I don't even like superheroes. No, but they like Spider-Man 2 because Spider-Man 2 is one of the rare superhero films that bridges the gap. It can be enjoyed by uh, people who like superhero films and those who don't because it has a much more emotional story going on beyond the whole fireworks and whatnot miguel says bob do you think gta games will come to the switch no it's been way too late yeah if they would have done it they would have done it by now it, yeah. it, it's a it, that like call of duty and gta 5 it, i'm amazed they haven't been put to the switch yet rockstar is weird yeah apparently so is activision i wouldn't even i don't even think the next one's gonna come to the switch rockstar is no, really not. weird yeah uh Dio Tem whatever says Ocarina of Time 3D added videos in game that show you where to go. Yeah, I thought the little stone tablets were put in the 3DS version. Yeah. But apparently they they weren't. Because those stone tablets give you hints at what to do next. Uh Yats says, Do you think we will get any of the Metal Gear Solid games on the Switch? If Konami was the same Konami from five years ago. I would say yes, because they freaking put one on the 3DS. Um, yeah, but I don't. I think it's. Not I don't know very what. Likely. I mean, they were doing okay because they put Castle, the Castlevania collection, and the Contra collection on Switch. Um, Metal Gear would make sense, but they have not. Like the one thing they did with that series when, uh, after Kojima left was Metal Gear Survive, and it was a you know a disaster. I don't think they're going to touch Metal Gear for years. Right. I don't think they're going to touch Metal Gear ever again unless uh, Sony buys the rights and lets Kojima have fun. Right. Um, I was playing the first Metal Gear on this guy. Uh, and that game is not easy. Like, I couldn't, no. I couldn't get to the freaking elevator in the very beginning of the game. <laughs> I was also playing like I had a camera and I was like playing like yeah. this, like trying to like film and play at the same time. Um, but yeah, I just could, I couldn't get to the elevator. I kept dying. Uh, that's a, that's something I would like to try because it's been years since I played the original mm-hmm. Metal Gear, the original original Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, but we, I have... we we originally played Twin Snakes. Yeah, but I played well, the original on the PC. Exactly. Yeah. But like which I was which snakes. was the PS1 version. Yeah, I have Twin Snakes burned into my memory. Yeah. So like but it's not that different from the original Metal Gear. Right. All right, I I need to address everybody right now. Just because you loved a game growing up doesn't mean anybody else needs to play that game. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not it probably didn't age well, all right? And again, we, I'm a huge friggin' Metal Gear fan. It's one of my top three favorite franchises. Yeah. Um, I was more referring to Ocarina at the time. But no, we played the hell out of the first Metal Gear. Yeah. But for some reason, I just couldn't, on this thing, I just couldn't get up to the elevator. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um, 
anyway uh thank you for hanging out thank you for tuning in thank you for watching us thank you for chatting with us as always wolf den live is every single wednesday night at 8 p.m eastern right here on youtube.com slash wolf den if you can't make the show for any reason at all we always put it up as an archive version on thursday for you to watch on demand whenever you want if you prefer to listen to us rather than watch us you can do that as well we're also an audio podcast on apple Podcasts, soundcloud spotify google play and stitcher and if you listen to us on any of those platforms please be sure to subscribe rate and review us because that helps us with placement on those respective stores also, if you'd rather watch just a little bit of Wolf Den Live, or maybe you want to send a specific section over to your buddies, then head on over to Wolf Den Clips, where our good friend Eric Henley takes this week's episode and cuts it down into bite-sized chunks for your viewing pleasure. I should really specify subscribe to Wolf Den Clips, because people will do what you tell them to do. <laughs> well, listen, I don't want people to subscribe if they don't want to subscribe. Fair. But if you want to subscribe... Because, you know, some people just want to watch the whole show, and that's fine, yeah, too. That's then, fine, they, yeah. then you don't need to watch but the clips. I'm saying if you want to watch just a little bit of Wolf Den Live, right. then subscribe to Wolf Den Clips. Right, right, right. So. Uh, we also have Wolf Den VODs. If yes. you want to watch the Mario 64 PC port gameplay and me comparing it to the to the emulated version, it's a very long video. Also, the entire footage of me playing the the zelda rom hack with wood the edited version is way better but here's more if you want more uh and of course go to twitch.tv slash wolf i might stream tomorrow who knows uh but you gotta click the bell icon so that you know when i go live on twitch because it's uh kind of sporadic mm-hmm. anyway thank you people for hanging out and we'll see you later goodbye bye Oh, wait, we got a super chat. Hold on, go back. Okay. Uh, Dingo on my 40 with $2. KMD TK drum is better than the Hori had design floor. I actually watched a video comparing all of them. Oh, really? Uh, and there's they're like marginal differences. Um, But I'm not going to get any of them. They're too expensive. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>